This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, batteries. Plus, Biz has cake guilt, Teresa has a super brain, and we talk to Sarah Kowalski, Esquire, about her new book, Motherhood Reimagined, When Becoming a Mother Doesn't Go as Planned. Woo! <laughs> I will say, the habit, the, like, the, the, the routine uh-huh. of the woo, yeah. I love. Yeah. Though sometimes when it comes right after however we've introduced oh, whoever I guess yeah. is, it does feel sometimes inappropriate when it's becoming feels, a mother yeah. doesn't go as planned. Woo! It feels like a little sarcastic <laughs> sometimes. Does. Yeah. Sometimes to some things. Teresa, before we get started, we've got uh, something we need to remind people about. Yep. October 14th. We're flying to Brooklyn to do a live show. <laughs> Why? Because we love you and uh, we wrote a book. You're doing a great job. A hundred ways you're winning at parenting. And we're going to be in Brooklyn doing a live show. Afira Eisenberg is our guest. The amazing Adira Amron and the experience who sing the mom song on the show after Genius and Fails. We'll be doing a live uh, version of this. I'm so excited. We're going to be selling books. We're going to be signing books. We're going to be hanging out. It's going to be a very, very good time. So go to OneBadMotherPodcast.com, click on live shows, and get yourself a ticket. There's also, we just found out, there's also going to be a One Bad Mother Brooklyn meetup happening before the show at the bar at Bell House at 4 o'clock. I have a feeling the live genius portion of our live show Mm -hmm. is going to be a hoot. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. (laughs) I think people are going to be pumped up for that. Pumped. Uh, if pumped means inviting yeah. in a lot of alcohol. Rowdy? Rowdy. Should I say it's going to be rowdy? rowdy? Yeah, it's going to be good. I hope it's rowdy. It's going to be a good it's time. It's always more fun that way. It is. Teresa. Yes. How are you? I'm a little foggy. Are you? In the brain. Are you now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, like this morning, the babysitter comes, so Grace is at school. Oscar's at preschool. The babysitter comes for Curtis on Mondays so I can come and record the show. And she shows up and I'm like telling her where the breast milk is and telling her like, so there's probably enough for the cereal. And she goes, so but didn't you want to do the fruit with the cereal? That's what you told me last week. And I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Whatever you think And is then, best. I mean, like, either one, I guess, or both. I don't know. Uh, did I say that? Okay. And then I'm, like, talking to her about, like, when he should take his next nap after he wakes up. And and she's like, so on on Friday, did he did he take that, that nap? You were, you were putting him down for, like, a, a nap at 4.30 on Friday. Did he take that nap? And I was like, well, first of all. I don't remember Friday at all. That was three days ago. I have no idea. And then I was like, no, he's not taking a late afternoon yeah. nap anymore. And she's like, well, you were putting him down when I left. And I said, I was? She's like, yeah. I said, I don't know. 
I don't remember that. That, maybe, does, that seems maybe weird you to me. Did I believe Freaky you. Friday with somebody. Yeah, I believe you, but I don't know why that would have been happening. Okay, wow, and yeah. like really, that's how I feel. Yeah. And I, that is not. I'm not telling that as like a cute story of no. a crazy thing that happened. I'm telling that as an example <laughs> of how I feel all the time. Your brain has just enough space to process like the like the current I'm 24 the hours. Moment. Maybe it's max. I'm right now and, and like yeah and, and then it's gone yes it's totally it's gotta gone go. what clean we slate get started, out of here. starting over exactly yeah and that is why actually it's really hard to leave the baby with somebody right now because i can take care of him <sighs> as the day goes on right. but i he's not on a schedule like my other kids were where i'm like well this happens at this time yeah. this happens at this time i'm like basically i'm just doing what comes up and yeah. so like i'm to the point where i i should really just be saying when she gets there so whatever if he's <laughs> hungry feed him something if he's tired put him to bed i don't know that's what i do listen for cues yeah (laughs) if his diaper is dirty change it wow yeah wow i know i i got nothing i know to say that's just where i'm that's a lot i know How, how are you well, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to share something that is completely meaningless. Uh-huh. So I have spoken, <laughs> but it has really gotten stuck in my mind. It's something I should be concerned about. Okay. And a problem I should solve. Okay. So I have mentioned on the show before, we both talked about this, that like in children's books, in particular, children books from the past, like they're like, they're like the old like golden books yeah, yeah. and like the, you know, whenever anybody's like putting kids down to sleep or bears down to sleep or whatever, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cake. There's just oh, like yeah. a cake, lot of cake, yeah, cake in stories. Yeah. Cake comes up. And then like when yeah. I'm watching the Brady Bunch with Katie Bell, I've talked about this. I've been showing her this, you know, once a week. There's a lot of cake like, hey, well, the kids are all home from school. Here's cake. And, you know, they just yeah. pick up cake with their hands and yeah. they walk off with cake. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so every yeah. once in a while I have these thoughts of like, that is a lot of cake. Yeah. You know, is that like, is that a, I, okay, that's a lot of cake. That seems weird. And then I have been, the kids go to sleep every night listening to all the Francis book series on like on an audio book at night. They go to sleep, Ellis does, listening to like Bread and Jam for Francis, mm-hmm. A Birthday for Francis, Baby Sister for Francis, all these things for Francis, which were my favorite books growing up. But I haven't, like, I read them, like, maybe a year or so. They just listened to it or whatever. And I have all the books. So I sat down with Ellis, and I'm like, let's let's read the Francis books before bed. Mm-hmm. He's like, great. Oh, my God. There's so much cake. There's, oh, wow. there's so much cake, like... Like in bedtime for Frances, like she can't have a whole bunch of other stuff, but but some cake before right before bed is totally fine. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, uh, there's all this cake, and there's like another book where she like runs away. I think that's in Baby Sister for Frances. She like runs away under the table, and when she decides to come back, yeah. the mom's like is like literally making a cake, and I think the line is basically. You know, at least you live in a house or you'll always live in a house where there'll always be cake. Now, that is a real paraphrase, but that is basically the thing. And I put Ellis to sleep and I come sit down next to Stefan and I say, I now really think there's something to cake. Mm. Like there's clearly something to cake. And I'm missing it. I'm not. We we do not. Yeah, have, we that, have no cake in the house. Yeah. And I say to him, I'm like, I mean, did you have fucking cake in the house? And he's like, well, actually, yeah. And I'm like, you did. Like you, like. I, <laughs> Just like, you know, Steph and I were raised very differently in terms of sweet things in our yeah, house. Right. <laughs> and television and everything else. But he's like, yeah, no, Ma, you know, his mom apparently like 
Like there was always like a like a cake, a simple, you know, kind of cake. And apparently we're not talking like birthday level cake. Right. Simple. Right. Cake based cakes, no right. icing. Kind of like pound cake. Yeah, kind of like a pound yeah, cake, which yeah. I, I'm like actually we grew up with like yeah. pound cake and yeah. stuff like that in the house. So then I just turned to Stefan and I was like, I we're clearly I'm not there's not enough, I'm not parenting yeah. with enough cake. Right. So I totally was like, I'm making a cake. Good. And then I made cake. <laughs> it was called fudge cake. Uh-huh. And apparently it's like a, a traditional like Mississippi like cake that from this like diner in Mississippi. And I thought this is the, exactly what this is. I, I have to say it was brownies. <laughs> totally. Oh, when you ate them, yeah. I was like, oh, this is this, this is, is brownies, brownie. Yeah. But I'm going to call it cake. Yeah. And everybody gets cake. Right. That's it, guys. That's great. I, I, I felt love like it. I, I had a parenting problem. It. It's amazing. And I solved it. It's totally amazing. That's it. Well, look for Biz's new parenting book. We need more cake. Which also could be like, uh, no, it could also be my, I'm in the middle of my 40s, perimenopause, we need more cake book too. So it could be like either one, either one. Speaking of more of something, today we're going to talk about batteries. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Batteries. Mm Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, we're not talking mm-hmm. about the symbolic likeness of batteries and our own personal batteries. Oh yeah, and our own batteries right. like running to the. I I am like mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. physical <laughs> batteries, and I am again surprised that it's we're four years in, and we haven't spoken about batteries mm-hmm. to the degree that they need to be addressed. I think they kind of fall into the glitter, the stickers, the sand, like this category of like, oh, there will be batteries yeah. in your life. Little things that really actually affect our lives yeah. in a, in yeah. a large yeah. way. Yeah. Surprise. So, Teresa. Yeah. Batteries. Uh, how do you? How do you <laughs> am I fit? for them or against them? Are you them? pro or con batteries? Well, they're pretty amazing. Yeah, they right? are. They're they kind of like magic. They are magic. They allow us to access electricity. Right. And just dump, out just, in the air, like not connected to anything. Dump water on them and not get shocked. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying you should. That will not make whatever you're using a battery right. in. But you're right. We have harnessed electricity yeah. in a non-shunking way. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Yes. The end. The end of our show. <laughs> I think I felt that way a lot when I was never thinking about batteries <laughs> before mm-hmm. I had kids. And I, batteries kind of make me nuts mm-hmm. at the same time as sure. well. Let's talk yeah. about batteries. Yeah. I would like to just start us right off with my, like, the largest problem I see yes. with batteries Let's do it. as a parent. And that is toys that do not come with batteries right. but need them. Right. And I think there's two divisions of this. One, toys that just flat out need batteries and they're the, the manufacturer doesn't put batteries in yep. with the just toy. Batteries in the not package. included. Batteries not included. Yep. And I think without any proof mm-hmm. <laughs> that if your toy requires C or larger batteries, mm-hmm. you're definitely out of luck. Yeah. And Stefan actually said to me, 
do they do that anymore? And I said, that fucking blue elephant mm-hmm. that put you put balls in mm-hmm. and it goes and it shoots the balls back out. Mm-hmm. And you put the ball, it's just like the never-ending cycle of losing balls in your house toy is a great toy. It did not come with batteries. Yeah. So then that leads you to the other problem with toys that come without batteries. People who buy you toys... Right. Without batteries, but don't include batteries in the gifts. Right. I think this is almost worse than not having thank you notes. I say <laughs> with, a, with a smile on my face, a sarcastic smile on my face. But, like, really, I'm a little, like, we already live, like, in a culture where, like, we order things for each other offline. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, here comes a holiday or a birthday, mm-hmm. and you have all these presents for your children that come unwrapped that you are wrapping. Yes. Right? Which is a thing. Which is, I mean, like, there are worse problems to have in your life. But it's a holiday. You're like, oh, We'll just pay the extra two dollars right. for wrapping, right? Like, it's yeah. like, and now here, well, it's three ninety nine. Well, three ninety nine, but fair yeah. enough, right? Fair enough. Right. We need a team to come in and wrap yes. everything for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the battery surge because here comes holiday morning or birthday morning, and mm-hmm. your kid opens the present, and are there batteries? Mm-mm. No, sometimes Mm-mm. there are not. Yeah, and that, and now you're like, hey, enjoy this present that you can't enjoy until mom gets in the car and goes right. to the nearest store that sells batteries, which right. luckily is almost everywhere, and comes back and puts them in. So that's one. That's one totally made-up reason to be angry about batteries. <laughs> <laughs> the second is the fucking screw. Yep. Can we talk about the screw? Yes. How do you feel about the screw, Teresa? I really hate it. I really do, I too. I hate it a lot. I've actually I've gotten better about it Mm. as time goes on because it used to just make me totally lose my mind because I was like you can't be serious you want me to like have a toolbox you want me to like basically be doing some kind of like home appliance repair (laughs) while I'm taking care of a one-year-old who's like touching everything and running everywhere like how when am I supposed to be doing this exactly after your children are asleep and well, no, they want it right now. I know, I know, I know. And and the screws are so tiny. I know you're gonna lose the like, screw. That it's like what's what? How is this? Yeah. So yeah, it used to make me really crazy. And I think I I think I stripped some screws a couple oh, times, yeah. just being really impatient yeah. and like not having the right size screwdriver right. and just being like ah, yeah, or like jamming stuff in there. Um, I think a tiny screwdriver should come with like, you it know, should. Like in a baby, a like in a baby kit, like when yeah. you're like giving a new parent, like, sure. here's some diapers yeah. and some lotion and, yes. you know, tiny nail clippers for nails. Yeah. And here's your fucking tiny screwdriver yes. that you need to keep. It should be on a magnet that sticks yeah. to your fridge Ours or something. Actually, yeah. we actually have one that now after seven yeah. years and it stays in the like container that all our pens are in that are mm. like by the radio in the kitchen or whatever. Mm. So and it's also like by the drawer where. Maybe these are good batteries. Maybe they are dead <laughs> batteries. Live. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, it, it can take a while to finally get yourself that fucking screwdriver. Yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's and like as like as my children have gotten older and more toys have come into my life and I've had to do this many, many times. There is like an acceptance. Yes. That now when I see that little battery opening with yeah. the screws in it mm. and i know that i need i yeah. this, it's up to me yeah. no one else is gonna Dennis, do this nope. i have to do president this. of tiny screws yeah and yeah. then i and then i just go this is gonna take a few minutes but then it will be done <laughs> and i go and i do it <laughs> and it's done i'll put on my favorite song <laughs> make some tea sit down not to deal with this fucking battery <laughs> I totally appreciate 
that somewhere along the line, it clearly enough children mm-hmm. were hurting themselves because the screw wasn't there. I have to right. assume that's it. Yeah. Or maybe people just got so pissed losing the backs of the like the battery mm-hmm. container. Maybe yeah. it had nothing to do with kids. Maybe it was like people who I'm were sure like, it's I'm sure it had to do with kids. kids. Yeah. But I will say, growing yeah. up, I do remember having lots of toys that no longer had the backs. Oh, right? yeah. That you just oh, taped totally. down the battery oh, totally. or whatever. Yeah. But it is a fucking pain in the ass. It is a pain in it's the ass. It's like a real yeah. pain. And so I, by the time Ellis came along... He was really, he's always been really good with fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, here we go. Let's do our how to learn tools. Mm-hmm. Here's your screwdriver. Get those screws out. Right? And I yeah. sit with my tea and my favorite song. Yeah. Maybe a magazine. Actually, I'm just in the bath, guys, having a nice long bubble bath while Ellis works that screw, which sounds actually like a genius, like your kid to kind of work on the screw a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that like, if you really need this battery change because your kid really wants the toy, yeah. it just becomes, that then becomes its own problem of like Ellis and I wrestling for like, who's going to unscrew it? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, do you want this thing done now? Mm-hmm. Or do you want it done like two hours from now? Mm-hmm. Now! then mama needs to do it. I need to take the screw out. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, and we're going to go, the screw's going to keep coming back, okay, guys, good. throughout this discussion. Good. Because the next thing, that I, I, I said this to Teresa, and she looked at me like, what, what is that? But I do think this is a category, kind of, it's, I call them nighttime batteries. Mm. Teresa's like, what's a nighttime battery? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's all the shit in your kid's room that requires batteries that they use in their go-to-bed process somehow. So for us, that would be a turtle that lights up and shoots stars all over the ceiling, right? It's like mm-hmm. a light-up. is like some sort of nighttime turtle, and it pro- <laughs> projects stars, and it's fucking magical. But if that shit goes out right before bed, if, like, it's not working, Ellis will, like, lose his mind. Right. And then I, I have... Zero desire at bedtime to deal with batteries. Oh, yeah. That's like actually the time I want to change batteries the least. All our nighttime stuff gets plugged into the wall, though. That's I think that's where I'm having a You're having a harder time with that? Because I don't... Yeah. It all plugs into you the wall. You don't have, like, any the light The only issue toys? is if the power goes out. Then well, we have right. a problem. Yeah. But, like, they're... yeah, the, all the... Like, the clock, the light-up clock, which is our nightlight, the sound Ooh. machine, the monitor, they're all plug-in. So we've got... The, all of ours are plug-in except for things like the sleeping turtle uh-huh. or, like... We never had one, but I remember there was that like lullaby, like light up lightning bug thing that was really oh, popular yeah. for a Oh my while. God, I wanted one of right, those. Right, so right. But bad. Well, think about how infuriated your parents would have been every night yeah. and that thing died. Yeah. <laughs> had to figure out. Yeah. Because again, you're back to the like, I got to go to the screwdriver. I got to yeah. unscrew it. And then all of this leads us to the real issue is do I have fucking battery replacements? Do right. you have the batteries? Yeah. Are you paying enough attention, Teresa, mm-hmm. to make sure you always have batteries? For when this shit goes down, when the when the like fucking Hasbro drill or the fucking like uh, spin art machine or the fucking hex bugs and hex bugs, which are these tiny little bugs that mm-hmm. like robot little bugs and you put them in mazes and they actually are very fun, but they require the teeny tiny mm-hmm. itty bitty batteries. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, these toys are an inch; they're mm-hmm. like an inch in size, mm-hmm. and you still have to use the screwdriver. 
to get out yeah. to open the like yeah. quarter inch yes. battery slot. Yes, you stick do. that in. And because it's so small, it won't tell you which side is the side of the battery that needs to slide in and in what oh, direction. God. So mm. you get and it won't work until you've screwed it all back in. Yeah. Oh, not working. I gotta unscrew it and flip the battery over and stick it in. And those tiny batteries oh, come God. in a variety of sizes. They do. So you look at it and you think, yeah. this is the battery. This must I need. be it. To have yeah. many, and then you go. And you definitely get one that's too thin. So what happened to me, we have we had those with our um, Woody and Jesse dolls. Oh, do those things change batteries? Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, yeah there's a snake the in my string. boot. Yeah. You have Ours to. have just not died yet. Yeah. So my, my kids got, they were heavy use toys uh-huh. in our house for about a year. Yeah. And they came with batteries, which is great. But then they were one of those surprise ones where the battery runs out, we open it up, and we see those little fucking things. And I'm like, I don't have that around. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to do that. And so, but I couldn't figure out, like, I couldn't figure out how to search for that battery online. Tiny battery. It was like tiny. And I was like (laughs) looking at it, and whatever numbers I was getting off the battery were not corresponding with like a type of battery. It was just like some kind of serial number. And so I ended up having to like make a special trip (laughs) to like Home Depot because I knew that I would see it. And once I saw it, I could know which one to buy, but I couldn't. And it was a whole thing. I mean, it was really a thing, but I had to do it because it was like the most important toy at the time. Yeah. You know, you know what I have discovered with those? What what made me also crazy about those is when I went to Target to get them, I could not get them at Target anywhere in their battery section. Mm. And then I went and looked on Amazon, and they were crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, that is remarkable. And then I went to, like, a CDS, and I was like, that is remarkable how expensive those little batteries mm-hmm. are. Then I went back to Target, and in the toy section where they sell these Hexbug things, mm-hmm. Hexbug, and they sell these on Amazon, too, has a package of Hexbug batteries. They are oh, the God. same fucking batteries. right. But they're also cheaper. Oh. And you get like a set of 12. Yeah. And I was like, I now I now refer to those batteries as Hexbug batteries. Mm. And I will only buy them as such <laughs> because they are cheaper and easier to find. But I thought, this is such an infuriating experience yes. to have to go find yes. these tiny fuck. And I feel like they're in everything now. Mm-hmm. I, it just makes me bananas. Mm-hmm. And I keep fantasizing about a YouTube video I saw once where somebody takes, like, a battery mm-hmm. and, like, opens it up, and it's actually just filled with tiny little batteries. And I, that can't that be true. That grosses me out it in a weird true. way. can't be true. Can't be true. But there are times where I, I just want to, like, like, like yeah. figure out how that works. Yeah. Can't be true, though. No. Not going to ever cut open a battery in my house. Yeah. But you feel... <laughs> right. <laughs> Even in my most deranged states of trying to explain to a three-year-old yeah. that his toy is not going to work for, like, less than 24 hours because we're going to have to go to a store yeah. or whatever. No. But, like, I think that's, like, the frustrating part about it is, like, the toddlers and younger kids just cannot get their head around how we are out of the battery. Mm-hmm. And then it's just—I mean, it's, sometimes I legitimately think it's easier at 8 o'clock at night to go down to the store and get batteries— than to try to and explain to a three-year-old mm-hmm. who's now mm-hmm. up past his bedtime, <laughs> screaming hysterically yeah. that this thing can't be solved, right? Yeah. Like, 
uh, like yeah. the magic of the battery yeah. becomes almost too magical. Yeah, no, I think it's actually it's weird how well my kids do understand the battery situation yeah. in our house. Like, especially like if I'm letting them watch something on my laptop or if yeah. they're like um, just like anything. Like, I can. It's almost like batteries is like a magic word. Yeah. Like, if something is not working, they will come to me and be like. Does it need new batteries? And right. a lot of times it's just broken or something. Right, right, right. But it's just bad. They're they're very like at this point keyed into the magic of the battery. Well, like the kids are keyed into like computer battery mm-hmm. or like phone battery, and I think there are like some. I think you're right. There are some devices in the house. Sorry, the battery's dead. You yeah. can't use that. Right? Like yeah. that they get. Yeah. But there's like certain things like the magic light up turtle at night. Uh-huh. Though maybe it's just only nighttime toys in our house mm-hmm. that just like is well, those crushing. are comfort things. Yeah, they're comfort like, it's things. A, I mean, I'm guessing that the reason they can't go without is because you don't want them to go without. Like you're willing to go yeah. the extra mile on those because things because it's a comfort thing because, as opposed yeah, to it's a an bedtime elephant. routine thing. Right. Yeah, like if it's a toy that they use during the day and yeah. you don't have the battery, right. You can just say, "Look, I'm I'm sorry, that really sucks," and you know they might yeah. scream about it, but right. whatever. But like at night, I totally get that <laughs> where you're like, "This is the thing that helps them sleep, yeah. which helps me." Like, yeah. I, I'm going to like figure out a way to, to get this done. Yeah. Yeah, no, I always feel like in our house, because we'll buy these bulk batteries, and so there is like a nice run where I feel like it is magic. I mm-hmm. go out to the garage, and there are the batteries. Yeah. yeah. We do still have two more. Yeah. We do still have two more. Yeah. And I'm just like constantly waiting for the day where I go out, and I'm like, oh, we have no batteries. <laughs> <laughs> We're all out of magic. I'm going through this really annoying situation with our baby monitor, where because oh, I, yeah. I had the same baby monitor since Grace was a baby, and it was a really good one and I really really liked it but it like kind of was done like by the time you know Curtis was around we'd used it every night for you know five years or whatever and so it's really hard to find a baby monitor that is not a video monitor nowadays there are a few but like a lot of them are kind of crappy um but I found like the best one I could find but it turned out like it doesn't use rechargeable batteries you have uh-huh. to replace the actual batteries? batteries. So when so it's plugged in, when it's plugged in, it's fine. It's plugged in. But then when you're like walking around with it, it's, not it's using up a battery. And <laughs> I I figured that out really fast yeah. because we went through a whole set of batteries on that monitor oh within like a few days. Yeah. And then I, so now I just like pretty much only keep it plugged in. And if I have to be in another part of the house, I just blast the volume. <laughs> But I was that drove me bananas. I was like, what? Why? I don't know how they decide on those things, but it does seem like a lot like the things you're naming are things like the the light up turtle or the um, the what the nightlight bug thing. Those should all be rechargeable. Like that would make you would never need to plug them in. You just charge them during the day. That's true. Well, we we wound up getting rechargeable batteries, like actual rechargeable rechargeable batteries batteries that we then charge and use in different areas. But I will say that creates its own sense of like, where are those rechargeable batteries? It's like an extra thing to worry about. Is it in the drill? Yeah. Where are all my batteries? Yeah. And there's never a backup set charged and ready to go because they're all out. I feel like in our house we have to have a combo reel and recharge batteries Mm -hmm. to like rotate. And then we were talking before the show and I was like, there's like the final thing with this completely whiny discussion about batteries, which is like the least of all the issues that we face as parents, but it's fun to have every once in a while, is 
disposing of batteries. Right. Because I was like, well, then you got to oh, we always have the bag mm-hmm. of like batteries. And Teresa like drops this bomb on me. Uh, <laughs> well, you can just throw batteries away. Yeah. I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> yeah. I don't know when it happened. We didn't discover it until like last year. Yeah. But we did the same thing. We had the bag and then we tried to figure out where <laughs> the like electronic disposal yeah. thing was. And then this one day, I just remember being in the kitchen with Jesse and he just looked on his phone and then huh. he looked up at me and said, you can safely dispose of alkaline batteries in the trash with normal household trash. Wow. As of some year that was like several years ago, like actually maybe like a decade ago. I don't even know. But it, it was amazing. And now I was telling Biz, like now it's like anytime I have to throw away batteries, it's like a great joy where I'm like, I can just throw you in the trash. Goodbye, battery. <laughs> Uh, so I guess everybody Google that little fact. Make sure that's true in your state. Yeah, remember not to listen to us. Yeah, we're not uh, 100%, but I'm going to listen to Teresa and just joyously go throwing yeah. batteries willy-nilly. That's great. Willy-nilly, everyone. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Texture. The Texture app has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Guys, I love it. I picked Southern Living, Sunset, Parents of Better Homes and Gardens, and a few other ones. What was so cool was when I found recipes or projects I wanted to try, I could just save them and then go back. I don't have to go flipping through magazines to get them. And this also included my cake recipe that I made out of this month's Southern Living. So Texture is normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash badmother, you get a 14-day free trial. Right now, Texture is offering our listeners a 14-day free trial when you go to texture.com slash badmother. That's 14 days to try Texture for free when you go to texture.com slash badmother. Texture.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, everybody knows I'm not crafty. (laughs) My almost four-year-old, Oscar, has been really obsessed with this one particular storybook called Anansi the Spider and it's this like Ashanti um, folktale mm-hmm. about how the moon ended up in the sky mm-hmm. um, and it's about this um, spider named Anansi and like he has six sons and they all the six sons like all work together to save him from this trouble that he gets into and Oscar we were reading the other night and Oscar was like I want 
I want because that's his latest thing. It's like I, I want, want that. I yeah. want that. Like anything he wants as a toy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna like get you toys. Right. Like I'm not, not gonna, gonna just buy you toys all the time. Right. Like, I'm always saying no. Yeah. But in particular with this, I was like, yeah, sorry, they don't like make toy Anansi sons, like yeah. sons of Anansi. That's not like a thing you can just like go buy in the store. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and I'm like, how about tomorrow we'll make some spiders? Mm. And he said, okay. And I was thinking like, oh, we'll just like make them with construction paper, right. like black paper or whatever. But then he got so excited and was like just so into it and like we, we can like do their, each of their, each of them has like their own little symbol yeah. saying who they are. I was like thinking to myself, oh, this is going to suck, you know? <laughs> but then the next day, suddenly I had this like moment where I remembered that I still had some black pipe cleaners from Ooh. when Grace and I made that bumblebee yeah. um, pinata, which was oh, yeah. the last time I crafted, crafted which yes. was like two years ago. <laughs> but I had these pipe cleaners mm. and they're black. Yeah. And I was like, I can totally make spiders out of these black pipe yes. cleaners like really easily. Like, Take four, twist them up, bend the legs. You have a fucking spider. It was like so easy and so fun. And the kids got so excited and were so into it. And we made these amazing spiders. And then he had spider toys to play with. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah, I felt really great. Very good job, Teresa. Thank you, Biz. Very good. Thank you. I, okay, so we have every... uh, Ellis and Katie Bell have both been sick, like, all last week. Katie Bell was, like, three days of this, like, fever and nothing else Mm. and then ellis got it and he was like had the fever for like five days and so everybody's been cooped up in the house and burning and speaking to each other in ways that i we just hadn't really gotten to yet as a family oh wow right yeah and stefan had taken the kids out to the park even and they come back around like three Mm o'clock and ellis is like super burned out because it's like his first day without the fever but he's Mm -hmm. still like tired Mm -hmm. so he's like starting to fall asleep and i'm like you can't fall asleep now Mm -hmm. because you go to bed in like three hours we can't three thirty is too late for a nap the worst and we're all just like trying to figure out like i mean yeah (laughs) and i'm like all right Let's go outside. And I still had leftover from one of those, like, oh, we're at Target and there's a huge sale. I'm going to get just as many of these, like, packages of the water balloons that, Mm -hmm. like, it's 50 water balloons. You stick them on your hose and they Mm -hmm. fill up with a bunch of water balloons right away. So I always have, like, a spare one of those laying around. So I was like, who wants to go outside and hit water balloons with baseball bats? And everybody was like, me. Mm. And I'd seen this on Pinterest somewhere. So we set up all the water balloons. Ellis got to hit them off the T-ball which was really fun. Nice. And Katie Bell got to hit them. And then Stefan and I, just to relieve a little stress, Stefan mm-hmm. looked at me after the very first time I swung with all my might <laughs> at that water balloon and it exploded <laughs> everywhere. It was like, oh, I think we just found something for you to do. <laughs> anyway, everybody's energy was renewed and we made it through the three but good like, hours. But Stefan was like, this is fucking genius. So good. And I said, I'll take it. Hey, I am calling with a dad genius moment for my husband. Okay, our son is a year and a half, and we got surprised with an ear infection, so he's on antibiotics for 10 days. This is oral suspension, you know. That's always fun. <laughs> well, we ended up traveling over for the July weekend, three hours away, and needing to bring his medication, which has to stay refrigerated. So... Genius moment for the dad is he actually had a spare, it's like a Yeti cup, I think it's Ozark. Anyways, he had one of those insulated cups that he packed the medication in 
and packed it in with ice, and the ice stayed the entire trip, and medication never got warm in the least bit. He, when he came to the car with it, it was completely genius, and I told him I was going to fill it in. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for the show. Love y'all. That's great. Yeah, I didn't even think about We've talked about the genius of insulating cups and coffee and having Mm -hmm. hot coffee all day. But I would never think about insulating cups with the ice for to keep stuff cold like the medicine. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really smart. It's really smart. And also, it's really convenient to carry that around. Like, I would would have thought, like, oh, I'll have to, like, pack a bag with ice in it or, like, a cooler or something. Yeah. Yeah, like a little cup. That's, That's easy. Really smart. So smart. Good job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, so my birthday party failures <laughs> saga <laughs> continues. Okay, so over the weekend, Oscar's uh, preschool friend had an, a birthday party. And I got it together to RSVP. I remembered the birthday was happening. I got a gift. I wrapped the gift. Yeah. And I brought Oscar to the birthday party, only like a little bit late. Yeah. But when we got there, and it was at a place that we've gone to, we've actually had a birthday party there before, like an indoor playground type place. All the kids were in swimsuits doing, like, a water party outside, which I didn't even know you could do at this place. What? Yeah. So, like, they had, like, little pools, and they had turned their outdoor slide into, like, a water slide. Whoa. And all the kids are, like, swimming and splashing, and I'm getting out of the car and looking and seeing this, and I'm just like, (laughs) motherfucker. Like, what? How did I? Okay, great. And so Oscar's like, they're swimming. They're, you know, he's all excited. And I was like, like, and I, we're already late. Like, I can't really go back home and like get the stuff. I don't have anything in the car. So we go in. He ended up just swimming in his clothes and like people lent me stuff that he could go home in. And it was totally fine. But I still felt like, wow. And then I was talking, (laughs) I know. And then I was talking to this, this mom who's a friend of mine whose son is like a really good friend of Oscar's. And I was like, yeah, I guess I apparently, like, didn't read the invitation, but I was all proud of myself because I, like, got the gift and showed up and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, yeah, and if you'd read the invitation, they said no gifts, actually. (laughs) Oh, Teresa! (laughs) I... Well, no, it's still a failure. It's like, I mean, it just know, keeps giving. Keeps, like, there's yeah. new ways for you me to screw up birthday yes, parties every time. Like, and there's so many more to come. Oh, like, so many more. Yeah, you have like so, you got a third one. Yeah, you got a whole. I lot. know. I know. Wow. I know. Well, you're awful. I know. The good news is, is you'll have already forgotten about it. Right. <laughs> so true. Thank you for that. Uh, I don't necessarily have anything specific. It's sort of like, especially coming after like a week of being with the kids, everybody's sick, knowing sickness is coming for me imminently. Stefan's gone on another trip. You know, I just feel like I've just grown numb to the failures. Like they're just (laughs) like I've just grown numb Mm. where it's like I can't even identify them right now. Mm -hmm. I can't even be like, sure. Oh, that's, that was a fail. That was a yeah. fail because I just feel like I'm in a constant state sure. of like, that's where the bar is right now. Yeah. You know? Yes. Just kind of 
I think when cake is like my high point yeah. of the like the week, yeah. where I feel like that's a per- parenting thing I can solve. Yeah, like that like just tells you guys where I'm just like in this state of like, I don't know. We're not going to be checking much off list these weeks, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I just I'm just sort of like, it feels like a fail that I can't even identify the failures anymore. I get it, right? Yes, yeah, I get it. Great. Hey, one done mother. I'm calling in with a fail, and it just is kind of speaking to my life right now. Um, it's now about 3.30 in the afternoon, and I've just realized that uh, my underwear is on inside out and has been all day, and that just pretty much says it all about life right now. Yeah. And guess what? I'm on the go, so my underwear is still on inside out. Yeah, it's a special kind of fail. Um, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for the show. Bye. I just yeah. needed to play this for all the solidarity. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there have definitely been moments where I'm like, hey, that's on it. Like, my underwear is on Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And just that you even thought that it would be worth turning them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're there now. Yeah, that's, that's where they are. That's now how you wear underpants. Yeah. For the day. For the day. That's the new underpants rule. It is. And... There, it's a little demoralizing to realize yeah. that you can't even put like the basic, <laughs> basic clothing on anymore. But you know, just embracing the new way to do it could be seen as a genius. <laughs> the new way, to, new do way it. to do it does it? You know, it's fine. It's fine. No one knows. It's Mama's little secret, yeah. isn't it? Mama's little special secret. <laughs> A special little secret reminder that she's failing at dressing herself. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. So it's dedicated to making life simpler for families everywhere. You can find, book, and pay for care all in one place. And you can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, Visit care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Teresa, let's call someone today. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to officially be my new intro, guys. Let's call someone. Let's just call anyone randomly. (laughs) Actually, though, this week we are calling Sarah Kowalski Esquire, who is a fertility doula, family building coach, postpartum doula, and author, as well as founder of Motherhood Reimagined. As a single mother by choice who received her son via sperm and egg donors, she is a go-to guide for women who are contemplating single motherhood, having fertility issues, raising donor-conceived children, or navigating life as single mothers. Her new memoir, 
Motherhood Reimagined, When Becoming a Mother Doesn't Go as Planned, comes out October 17th. I'm so sorry we are going to have nothing to talk about on this show today. Please welcome <laughs> Sarah. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, before we get into the memoir and your work, uh, let's ask what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Sure. Um, I live with my three-and-a-half-year-old son, two 70-pound dogs, <laughs> and two, <laughs> uh, and two te- I rent two houses in my house as well, so two tenants who are very lovely. Um, so it's a, it's a full house. You, this might be the closest to a commune we've ever had on the show. Mm-hmm. This is, that's, that's what renting to tenants is like, right? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's it's nice, but yes, it is a little. I've it, it goes through varying degrees of that. I'd say. I'm sure. I'm sure. What? Let's just ask. <laughs> what kind of dogs do we have? I care less about the tenants. What are these seventy pound dogs? <laughs> I have what I well. They're both rescues. So I'm not positive, but my best guess <laughs> is um, a Ridgeback Shepherd mix mm. and a pit bull. Oh, that. Those are big dogs. Yeah, we're not messing around. Yeah, (laughs) that is very good, very good. Well, let's talk about the memoir to start off with. So, motherhood reimagined your memoir. This is where you share your journey deciding to become a single mother via sperm and egg donorship after deciding at 39 you wanted to have a baby, but discovered that you were infertile. That sounds like this was a really easy process. Let's let's start with that if we can. Let's start with. Actually, there's sort of the beginning of this journey where you decided that you wanted to become a mother. Sure. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't sort of straightforward. As, yeah. As a kid, I had kind of already had like, you know, told everyone I wanted to have 11 kids when I grew up and I sort of stalked <laughs> pregnant moms and um, was like so certain about being a mother and then kind of got involved in my career, became a lawyer, sort of living, you know, a fun San Francisco in the height of the dot-com boom, you know, in my early 30s and having a blast and sort of lost track of whether I even wanted to be a mother. Right. Um, and then it, it kind of just, you know, a mentor actually said to me, you know, you're 39, you should really start thinking about whether or not you want a kid. And it sort of blindsided me initially. And then it took a long time to decide. I sort of realized at that point, if I was going to have a baby, it was going to probably be alone. And so I had to kind of wrestle with what what did I really want? Did I want to be a mother? Did I want to have a partner? Did have I was convinced that having a baby alone meant that I would be partnerless forever and I was really wanting a partner at the time. So yeah. it was it was kind of having to let go of this whole vision of what I thought motherhood was going to be like and reconnecting to wanting to be a mother. Well, I think the vision is totally the right word here because there's so many different images wrapped up in what motherhood is, what parenting is, how one would do that, what all, you know, what's supposed to happen. And, you know, we've been doing the show for four years, and I think what we've discovered is that is those visions are really different and really not accurate at all. <laughs> Lots of times, you know, like they're like, like surprisingly so in different parts of, of the journey of, of having kids, raising kids, kids being in your house. Uh, so I feel like that's 
like that's a really accurate way to describe it. And now I have to get sidetracked though on the the statement from your mentor <laughs> of if you're gonna you gotta decide if you're gonna have kids. That totally feels like one of those. Is that a helpful thing to say? Or is that, is, that, is that one of those like helpful category things that you want to hear? Is it not? Like how did that? What was your response to that? Uh, I mean, I think. I mean, I think it was helpful. Right. I, it was so, like, buried, and I was just, like, not, I was just not willing to look at it, and so I think I needed someone from the outside sort of being like, um, hello, you're not, and I think I also had this, like, idea that it was easy to have kids in your 40s, you know, so many people around me were doing it, well, right. so many people were like, and I sort of assumed that, like, all reproductive technology would take care of issues, I just, I felt like I was sort of when I realized that my doctor was like, oh, by the way, you're pretty much infertile at 40, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is not possible. Right. You have to be able to fix this. So I think having that person from the outside being like, um, yeah, hello, like fertility's real. And if you want to have a baby, you can't just keep burying your head in the sand. You have to think about it. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it was it was really helpful. But t- can you take us, I mean, I don't, you don't have to share the whole memoir with this, but like, there were lots of moments where you went into this thinking, it's going to be like this, and then you had to adjust again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Could you could you kind of take us through some of that and, and what that was like? Sure, sure. I mean, I think, you know, even just deciding, like, getting so clear on deciding that I wanted a baby to kind of only be kind of delivered this bombshell news that I was more than likely going to have to use an egg donor and then sort of just refusing to accept that and being like, I can be the one who can beat the odds. I know I can. Yeah. And having just so many ups and downs and disappointments of trying. And then, you know, I think the big one was really getting to, you know, coming to terms with using an egg donor and just realizing how incredibly, yeah, how much we're tied to our genetics or we think we are and right. how important that is. And then once I kind of, really connected to, like, why do I really want to be a mom? And also actually thought about my dogs who, like, you know, showed up on my doorstep, essentially, (laughs) who I fell madly in love with. Um, I was like, oh, actually, the genetics don't really matter. And I also remember, like, a day I went to go visit a friend with her, like, you know, a couple-week-old baby, and she, like, went to the bathroom, and I was like, oh, actually, like, if she told me I can take this baby (laughs) home. (laughs) It was like a bad law and order episode about to happen. I'll just take your baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just, like, so in love with this little being I had just met, and I was like, oh, right, like, the genetics do not matter (laughs) at all. (laughs) I'd be perfectly happy with this one. <laughs> um, I don't know why I just love this. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then you, know, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to think of. I mean, I think just over and over. I mean, now even as being a mother, I think that's part of the reason I really love the title of the book and my business because I think it is this just constant letting go of what you think is going to happen and figuring out that it's something different and sort of the best you can, like surrendering to what it actually is rather than kind of fighting for what the vision of what you hoped it was going to be. Oh, that's hard. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. I feel like the importance of that statement, like I'm totally, you know, 
Teresa usually comes in and drops these beautiful sort of truths in this room. I mean, yeah, she's like rolling her eyes, but it's true. We're like this like idea of like <laughs> accepting and like letting go. And I am like the worst at accepting and letting go. It's just not, you know, that's just not who I am. Not without a lot of help. And so like I hear like I, I hear that statement of like, yeah, it's just you're constantly having to reimagine how this is going to go. Like it's it's all about, you know, sort of accepting that none of it may turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out, and that's okay, right? Like, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is freeing. and But also, <laughs> yeah. like, really hard, I think, when, you know, we're just so surrounded by, by expectations and, and what we think it's supposed to be like, even if we know that those expectations are nonsense, Right. Like it's still mm-hmm. it's, you know, you still feel awkward if you show up, you know, wearing all yellow and everybody else is wearing blue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know there mm-hmm. wasn't a dress mm-hmm. code for this, but it's a little right. weird. Um, yeah. 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 Well, so you went on definitely a physical journey and an emotional journey throughout this entire mm-hmm. process, uh, which would have left me feeling like I had been hit by a truck in both both cases. Um, and I'm wondering, you're currently a fertility doula, a family building coach, and a postpartum doula. And actually, before I get into my question, uh, I want to stop and ask if you could explain what a fertility doula is. Lord knows, I barely knew what a doula was when I started this show. And so, you know, I need... Help explain what that is, because that's new to me. Sure, sure. I mean, it's really someone who, in the same way that, like, a a postpartum doula or a birth doula is there sort of providing support and mentorship and kind of showing you the ropes and giving you information and emotional support. It's basically that through um, the fertility journey. So That sounds so lovely. Yeah. I mean, it's hard going through. I mean, yeah. I mean, even figuring out how to get pregnant as a single woman is sort of like mind-boggling. And there's so many options. And, you know, but I was a patient's rights advocate in law school. And it was part of kind of what really drew me to law in the beginning was really helping people advocate for themselves and their bodies. So I just, I really love helping people figure out, like, what the right question is to ask and how to kind of at least equip themselves with as much information as they can so they can ask the right questions and kind of sort through stuff. Um, And you may have gathered through my book, I'm sort of like, I think I'm equally like very research, Mm -hmm. need the facts, need to know all my options, and very kind of out there intuitive at the same time. So I kind of, it's kind of blending those two worlds, like helping people with both the the logistics and the facts and how to gather information and then uh, coming up with the support and the emotional and being able to, you know, learning how to trust what's trying to unfold and that kind of thing. Well, how did your experience, how has that affected your work? I mean, before this, I was doing like executive and life coaching and working (laughs) a lot with people who were you know, hated their careers and wanted out. I worked a lot with lawyers who were just sort of, you know, crumbling because that's what had happened to me. And now I just, I feel so called to work with women on this journey, both into becoming, you know, how to become a mother and whether they want to be a mother, kind of 
struggling with the ups and downs of um, of the fertility process, and then even being mothers and how in the world we, you know, the process of reimagining constantly what you think it's going to be and being able to to come to terms with what it is. Right. I really just love the idea of a fertility doula. I mean, even <laughs> even if you're like in a in a partnered relationship, just to have this support system that you can lean on during something that's so, you know, emotionally and physically exhausting and stressful and, mm-hmm. you know, where I feel like having like a like a third person, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. to like kind of put the weight on a little bit would be yeah. such a gift. And to have somebody like uh, to be able to, you know, support you with information and resources that is a gift. I just think that yeah. I'm so glad that we just learned about fertility doulas on the show. Oh, <laughs> I really I'm am. So, I'm so glad I could help. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's especially, you know, if you're single, it's yeah. just, you know, a different sort of strain on it, but it definitely is the, you know, equally difficult, even if you're partnered, especially because I think, you know, a partner gets sick of hearing it and they don't know what to say, and yeah, it's just nice to have someone else who can, yeah, carry the burden with you. Well, speaking of what to say, you yeah. and and going back to the well, if you're going to get pregnant, I, I, this is not how your mentor said it to you, but I'm going to give it. <laughs> you're going to get pregnant, you know. <laughs> we talk on the show all the time about like things that come out of people's mouths with like the best intentions or without any right. intention at all, just came out of their mouth, and how like how much guilt and like self-judgment that can suddenly bring up in the receiver mm. of this of these little mm-hmm. nuggets and i was right. wondering if given again your professional and personal experience what are some things that uh that people who are going through this and people who are supporting people who are going through this can do to be uh, helpful besides shut up <laughs> well I guess there's two parts of that there's you know I think when I was first deciding whether or not to be a single mom I had friends who were you know struggling being moms with partners who were like oh my god don't do it it's so hard with two people how in the world could you do it with one (laughs) and you know (laughs) I was like I get it that it's hard but that's not helpful um I thought you, you know, were going to say that they would be like, like, I thought you were going to say like, oh, it's going to be great when you're single. Yeah, you don't, you don't have, have to, to like balance all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> both, both not I mean, helpful. I kind of, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I actually do think that that makes it a little bit easier or that's a, it's a silver lining to doing it alone <laughs> is that there is no balancing of another person. But, and then I think, you know, when I was contemplating egg donors, I had a friend, you know, who very vocally was like, I think, you know, I can't understand why you're not adopting. Right. And that wasn't, you know, I, I get that there's a different, I, I, and I, you know, I admire the people who adopt and it just wasn't for me. So I think recognizing that there's a different path for everyone. Right. And just being willing to support whatever that path is and helping people realize that, you know, you're letting go of so many of these fairy tale visions that we've been hot since we were little kids and that it's really hard no matter what you're having to sort of surrender to something completely different and that's really painful so kind of recognizing or I guess honoring or trusting the path that people are taking would be useful 
asking, you know, how how they can support you once the baby's born or how they can support you while you're pregnant would be a really nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Peace out. Sorry. Yeah. yeah great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just feels yeah. like there's like a whole added like level of like emotional prep one would have to like kind of get their head around if they were going through this like alternative family planning. You know what I mean? To like mm-hmm, get ready for mm-hmm. all the all the things to be said. Uh right, at, from right. everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean people you know, people have a lot of opinions about it. I mean people do worry. I mean, luckily I live in a like a pretty progressive area. So right. People aren't that worried about me kind of um you know having like the God forbid bringing a child into the world without a father People aren't necessarily having a ton of opinions about that, but that's, you know, people are concerned about that. Um, And just, you know, I think offering to be a a mentor for your child, you know, if you're really worried about this other kid, not, you know, my kid not having a father, then help take my kid on, you know, to a basketball game with your kid or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, let's wrap up with something that uh, that you've been working on, which is basically something you've pulled together, a resource guide for people pursuing alternative uh, family planning. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it is an amazing resource guide. Uh, and, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it, you know, sometimes you, people say resource guide and it's so loaded and dense that you're like, goodbye. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but this is like laid out, I don't know, it's just like all the right information laid out in a way that's like really oh, friendly, reader friendly, which is nice. Oh. Um, and uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to put a link to it in our show notes for the show today. Uh, but can awesome. you tell us a little bit about the resource guide? Sure. I mean, I think I had, it was sort of inspired by, like, a, there was a mom at my kid's preschool who was like, like, pulled me aside and was like, oh my God. Michael was asking about why Aiden doesn't have a dad, and I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's really easy, actually. <laughs> um, and just sort of, <laughs> like, it's not something to panic about. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I, I think people just don't have a framework necessarily. Yeah. So I really wanted to just kind of give people kind of these basic, I think the main one being that, and I think it applies to so many different types of families, is that you know, it takes a sperm and an egg, or if you're scared of the term sperm and egg with your young child, you know, seeds from a man and a woman, and that sometimes those people who provide the seeds are the mom and the dad, and sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in you know, that Aiden has a seed from a, from a man, but that's not his father, and he's just a mom and child family. And when I explained that to her, like, the, the relief that washed over her and, like, <laughs> her realizing that it was actually quite simple. Um, so I think there's just, you know, there's a couple little things that people just kind of need to understand. And it's not even, like, that revolutionary. But when you hear it, I think it's like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And that applies to two two mom families and two dad families and surrogacy and whatnot. So I think, yeah, that was the inspiration and also, that research really shows that talking to kids as young as possible is really important. So it's just like not this big bomb that they're being delivered. And I think that's mainly true for like 
wait till you guys hear this. <laughs> right. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your experiences. I mean, because what you've done is not only did you go through this process, you have shared it in your memoir, and you continue to share it by by being an advocate and and having your work be around helping people through this process. Because, you know, a lot of people don't. I mean, we joke on the show that, like, just because you did X, Y, or Z doesn't make you the fucking walking encyclopedia for everybody's questions about X, Y, and Z, right? Right. Google that shit. So it's very (laughs) impressive and generous of you to be willing to do it. So thank you so much for for sharing that and coming on the show. Thank you. My pleasure. It's such a, it's, it's awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, and again, uh, October 17th, uh, the new memoir, Motherhood Reimagined, When Becoming a Mother Doesn't Go as Planned, will be out. You can also go to motherhoodreimagined.com and find out more information. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, take care. Bye. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. I want to believe. Trust no one. The truth is out. Wait, why are we whispering this? I, I don't know. Well, the truth is out there. Ono, Ross, and Carrie is now weekly. Every week, we're bringing you new investigations into fringe religious groups, the paranormal, and claims of the extraordinary. And guess what? We're doing a deep dive into the world of UFOs and extraterrestrials all summer long. We're going to tell you all about UFOs that are actually plastic bags, interstellar trading charts with Freudian vent, and the truth about owls. The truth about owls? That's Ono, Ross, and Carrie with new episodes every week at MaximumFun.org. We show up so you don't have to. This program is not made on behalf of or with the approval of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, mostly because we never asked. We really should get around to that. I love it. Yeah, it's great. I feel like I'm like in such the middle of like, oh, everybody's stuff is so different. Totally. Why are we so wrapped up in it all having to be the same? I mean, whether it's how one conceives, whether it's how a kid shows up in your house, like I'm like so in the middle of it with just like how different kids are do in school Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like oh my gosh why did i think that that was all going to be the same for everybody and like just like really working on respecting if somebody says i'm doing this or this isn't working Mm -hmm. that that is true yeah Yeah, totally you know what i mean like and how freeing that is to be like i don't have to fix that i don't have to like argue with that like not you it can't possibly diversity. be diversity. Diversity, guys. Everyone is different in so many ways. Like I know. so many different ways for us to all be different. That's right. Yeah. And 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 simultaneously there are some basics that we share. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Skin, legs sometimes, organs. eyes, organs. We all share organs. We can even share them. 
after we're gone. <laughs> but I mean, like, there is a beauty and a celebration in all the differences and all the different ways to do things and the fact that we are all still people walking around. <laughs> totally. Right? Like, totally. That's, it's such an easy thing of all the things to be talking to our kids about. That's such an easy one. This also feels like a good time to remind people about the book What Makes a Baby by Corey Silverberg, yes. which if if you're out there and you haven't seen the book and you ha- are looking for a book to read with your kids about how babies are made, mm-hmm. I recommend it to other parents all the time yeah. who are like, my young kids are asking and I don't know what to say because yeah. so many of us feel like, oh, I have to talk about sex now. Right. I have to talk about heterosexual intercourse right. now. <laughs> and like, it's, it's so, so great and so incredible. Inclusive, yeah. the way that book sort of approaches talking of about where babies come from. Yeah. So, Speaking of things that are wonderful, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Oh, this is a rant. I am actually about to cry because I just heard this on me. I did a great job and I really fucking needed it today. Um, today is one of those days where just no one, no one gives a shit. I've been going since five. Um, in the morning, which I know that's normal for so, so many people, but for me, it's it's not. I woke up, and I've been tired because I started a new class, and been in a class all day, and I started a new job, like a new childcare job, which the paperwork isn't even in for that yet, but I'm with these families. I'm like, I hate to say it, they're like monsters, and I work in the other job, too, and I'm just, I'm fucking exhausted. I just got off a 12-hour shift at my other job, and uh, I, um... It's my partner's birthday this weekend, so I get to go home to him, and I can't be exhausted. I need to be excited because he made my birthday so, so wonderful. But I just had a fucking meltdown in the fucking guard aisle because I couldn't find a loving card. And I don't even give a shit about cards. I don't care about cards. But he cares about cards and trying to be a good partner, and I'm just I'm so tired. I'm so tired, and I did everything today. I got up, I got dressed, I did laundry, I cleaned the house, I did what I had to do, I packed all my shit, I got the surprises ready for his birthday, I drove all the way to work, I was only seven minutes late, and no one gives a fucking shit. No one gives a shit. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I really don't. I just needed to get it out. Thank you. Now, I am going to go with the ice cream that I bought for the both of us, and then smile. I'm going to be a great partner because I love him and he deserves the best. Thank you for listening. You guys are all doing a great job. Bye. We give all the shit. Yeah, we really do. So much shit giving here. You're incredible. Yeah. You're really doing such a good job. Yeah, you're amazing. You have got so much work. Yes. That's so much work. That's so much kid parenting. That's so much good partner supporting and giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just the fact that y- you're still capable of being so kind and generous to your partner for their birthday. I mean, not that I'm saying that we should all go around and not be, but I mean, like, it is, we've talked about on the show, there's that extra level of effort when you're so tired. And sometimes the person who gets the shit into the stick are the people that you love the most Mm -hmm. sitting around your house, right? And, like, I just, like, it's so inspiring to hear you talk about it. And I, I just, that's, you're just, 
you're doing such a good job. Yeah, you really are. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really amazed by you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, we both are. Yeah. And I just, I don't think there's a lot to dig into here. It's just such a reminder that, like, things being normal can sometimes feel totally impossible. Like, and, and like legitimately so. Yeah. Like it's just so much all the time. That's right. The, yeah. That is exactly right. Nor The normalcy of our lives can be too much. Yeah. At times. Totally. And yeah, you're doing remarkable. Yeah. Good job. And you'll, you're going to get through this. Yes. Teresa, yeah. what did we learn today? Sometimes we learn that we just have so little to give in terms of talking about parenting, that all we want to do is talk about shitty fucking batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not our deepest show, guys. But batteries, like all other things, are fact of life. <laughs> and they deserve some mindless... We should have had, like, wine in here while we talked I about batteries. I, I mean, I don't know if we could have been like, what's the deal with batteries? Mm-hmm. Like more, but, but it's true, and it's real. And if you don't have... Uh, small children in your house yet, you have been warned that you will one day think about batteries in a way that you had not thought of them before. Stock up! They're not just for sex toys, They're guys. Not- <laughs> oh, it's so depressing when those batteries go out, guys. Okay. So we learned that. We learned from our lovely, generous guest, Sarah Kowalski Esquire, uh, that everybody's doing things differently. (laughs) That's good. That's good. There are so many different ways to get kids in your house. Yep. And uh, they're all valid and valuable and exhausting and hard and Mm -hmm. uh, both. You get both. No matter how you do it, you get both. And as always, uh, we get to be reminded on the show that it's, fucking awesome that we're all doing things differently and that uh, our kids are different uh, from each other and other people's kids. Our family dynamics are different from other people's family dynamics. Our own personal journey through parenthood is different than other people's. And, you know, that's okay. That's, in fact, good. We can get so much support and great insight from different people's experiences. And that's great. I love it. I do. Me too. Yeah. Guys, that's all we got. (laughs) You're all doing remarkable, however you're doing it. (laughs) With or without batteries, guys. (laughs) However you're doing it, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, you guys are. You really are. Teresa. Yes. You're doing... A good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. <laughs> Thanks. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Kara Hart, 
Our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, are perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all of these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.